0: Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this season of The Deep. We'll be here in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, I'm going to be resharing some of my absolute favorite episodes. You can subscribe to The Deeper membership where I post a new episode every single fortnight, even while we're on break. There's links to that in the show notes to subscribe on your Apple podcasts or on Android with ACAST+. I hope you love this episode from the archives
1: they just surround me and they're just cuddling me in this big circle and I'm like screaming because I want my baby and and they're like it's going to be alright sis and one of our sister girls is like I've been through it too like you're going to be okay like they're always going to love you and stuff and they're just like come on we'll take you back.
0: Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened, and ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water, and community. I pay respect to Elders past, present, and emerging Chloe has overcome many horrific moments in her life. Today, we're going to explore one of the worst. Being incarcerated whilst pregnant and giving birth in prison. Chloe bears her soul with us today. The hardest moment for Chloe is the one that changes the course of her life forever. This was a completely disarming interview and it has left me in awe. Content warning... If you're suffering or are triggered by themes of this podcast, help services are listed in the show notes. People need to hear this story, so thank you so much for giving me the time to talk to me.
1: No, um, that's fine. Um, it's good to be face-to-face. Isn't it? Yeah. You're so beautiful and young. How old are you? I'm
0: 25, I had Tw- to think about it. <laughs> How 20, old am I? <laughs> 25, and you've lived a really big life, Right. I mm-hmm. want to talk about the time that you were incarcerated. Has happened on and off now for a, how many years was it in and out? From fourteen, was it? Yeah, fourteen to twenty one. Twenty one. There
1: was four. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, More. There was four major, major like um lengthy times, but um I would say from fourteen to eighteen. I was just in and out of juvenile pretty much. Most of my youth I was in and out. Um, But I would only do like a day or a week and um, it would just be like a break for me from the outside world. From the reality. So did you, was there a part of you that enjoyed it? Um, Yeah, there was, um, I did really, um, there was a part of me that enjoyed juvenile detention. Um, The staff there were quite nice. Um, You felt safe. You felt like nobody could get to you and that you were getting fed and there was a roof over your head and that that part of me felt like secure. That
0: makes so much sense because if I guess in your home life some of those needs aren't being met it would feel almost like a comfort to have familiar faces, yeah. know you've got meal times, know you've got a bedtime, so there's some structure in place. Yeah. And then you leave and you rebel. What are um, most of the charges? Are they similar?
1: Yeah, they're all pretty violent charges. Um, that would happen when I was under the influence of alcohol and um, I had a pretty massive ice addiction. So they would be from when I'd black out. And I'd go into these fits of rage that was, I guess, just bottled up inside. So um, they'd come out when I was completely inebriated and I'd wake up in the cells with no recollection of what happened.
0: So you'd get drunk or you'd get high and the in-between, something clicked in-between where Mm -hmm. you literally don't remember doing anything violent, you don't remember being out of control, you just remember waking up. Yeah, yeah in
1: a cell. What is that like? It's scary. Like it's because there's no part of my nature that's violent. Um, I don't see myself as a violent person. So when I'd wake up, I'd be in shock because sometimes I'd wake up in hospital and I'd be like, "How, how did I get here? Or and wake up in the cells and it would be scary because it would be so dark and I'd be dealing with this calm down and this hangover and just questioning like what's happening because I was so alone and the police wouldn't talk to me or anybody so. There was a time that you told me towards the end
0: of this cycle that you um maybe a partner an ex-partner and they said something about the police restraining you by, like, stepping on your head. Yeah. Can you tell
1: us about this incident? Um, I don't remember much of it, but from what the father of my youngest son, he was, um, we were coming home from drinking and we were arguing in the street and he was just trying to get me home. And then the police pulled over. This was in Waterloo, Redfern Police. Um, and they pulled over and they, like, you know, started harassing us from what he was saying. And um, I completely went into a fit of rage. Um, they said that I ripped the fence paling off a fence and hit her over the head. And then she's put her hand in my face, and then I've bit her finger. And then the male officer then tackled me to the ground and um, put his boot. And then I remember the like having my face like face down in the dirt, and he's just you know I hear of him swearing and. You know, keep your head down, keep your head down, stop moving, stop restraining, like stop resisting. And, but I don't like. Then I woke up in hospital with this like spit mask and I was restrained to the bed, like tied down. And the nurse came over to me and says, Oh, we got to do an AIDS test on you. And I've never had something come out so blatant, like, Oh, you know, we're going to do an AIDS test. And I found it quite confronting. Um and then when I went home because they did the test and they unrestrained me because I woke up and I was sober and I was just like, just I guess like I got out of a hospital and I broke down and I'm like, what the hell happened? Because I had nothing on me, I had no phone, I just didn't know what to do. So I called up shopfront lawyers straight away. Um and. I called them up and I said, I need you, I really need your help right now because I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what charges I'm facing because they didn't have any police surrounding me mm. when I woke up from hospital and I found that quite strange. So
0: you woke up in a hospital bed yep. without anyone supervising you? Yeah. And you didn't know if you were charged, if you weren't charged, if you were going to jail, or you knew that someone needed your blood to check if you had AIDS. Yeah. And you're piecing all these parts of the puzzle together.
1: Yeah. So how do you actually find out? Um, I then was walking down the street in Redfern, just like, well, going about my normal day-to-day, I guess, well, you know, what what normality there was Um and just walking down the street and then the police pulled up and then they served me with the bail conditions.
0: What, so hang on, like they don't know who you are. <laughs> just they pull over on the side of the road and go, hey, Chloe, yeah. are you Chloe? Here's <laughs> your conditions. Yeah. It's almost like sounds like a
1: movie. Yeah. So you get these conditions, what do they say? Um, They said I had to report every day. They had a court date on there. Um. So I had to report every single day. Um, f- had these assault police charges on me. Um, so that's um. Yeah, and then, yeah, I was just confused. You go, you go, and you get charged. And is,
0: um, what is the time frame like? That you the incident occurred
1: to the time you're charged, and then what do they charge you with? Like the time. Um. They charged me, uh, like, on the bail conditions it says that I've been charged with um occasional bodily harm to a police officer and a um common assault to a police officer. So I had to keep reporting till the court date. And then I went to the AMS because I missed a period. And I'm like, shit. So I went there and I got pregnancy test and it came back that I was pregnant and... I had a court date coming and I was like I'm going to do a long time for this. Like I had it in my head like even though yeah. I didn't remember I, I did something horrible too. Like it was pretty brutal. Um, So I thought I'm going to be doing like f- three, four years for this at minimum. That's what I had in my head. So I went on the run for about um, five... Five mums, I went on the run for. Yeah. Was that scary? Yeah. It was um, just keeping low-key. Like, I couldn't hang out with my friends. Um, I Where'd you go? Um, I went out to Marylands where, my, where I grew up because the police, my police presence, like, was my presence was known by police in Redfern. Right. And because um, I haven't dealt with Marylands police since I was young. Then I thought, oh, there's new police officers, I can get away from them. Yeah. And I was using different names at the time. So if I'd get pulled up on the train, I'd be using my neighbour's name and getting, because um, she didn't have a criminal record, her face wouldn't come up. So yes. I was kind of being pretty dodgy yeah. about the whole thing. Yeah. And you're pregnant.
0: Yeah. And are you at this point still using alcohol and meth? Yeah. And are you thinking about,
1: keeping this baby or are you just surviving I'm um, at the time I was like um because I wasn't feeling any kicking or I was still um at the time I was just yeah surviving like my life was just a mess and I was just trying to live another day yeah
0: um, and yeah. you you do five months so at this
1: point when they catch you or I don't know. Tell me how it happens. Um, I got sick of it. Like I handed myself in. Um, wow. I went home to my mum's and I said, I'm sick of this mum. Like I can't do this to my children anymore because I have two el- older children and I'm, you know, just feeling baby. Like I started feeling baby in my stomach and I thought, like, um, I just didn't want to be a horrible mother to my little baby and, I knew that there was redemption and that I could, I know that I can be a great mum or an okay mum if I put my mind to it. So I stayed at mum's and she made me this, a big beautiful meal and she's like, you can do this and we'll come out of this stronger than ever. And so I called my old juvenile justice worker, and he—he he shouldn't be—he shouldn't have been working with me. they are supposed to cut off contact, but he really believed in me. So he was always in the shadows, just um watching me. And I called him up, and I said, "You know, um, can you pick me up tomorrow morning from Mum's and come and take me to hear me in?" And, and he's like, "Okay, well, we'll go to the pub." He's like, "But no drinking," and I said, "No." <laughs> and he's like, "We're gonna have the last supper." And I said, okay. (laughs) So he picked me up around 5pm. And we went to the rails in Redfern. And he got me this lovely big steak. And he's like, you're gonna eat shit in there now. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. (laughs) I'm like, I'll remember this from from here on out. And we went into Redfern Police Station. And I said to him, I came to the desk and I said, I'm here to hand myself in. And I said, he looked a bit shocked. Like, because I haven't seen this guy before, and then he's like, let me just search up your name, and then he searched up my name, and then about ten police officers from the back oh, came. Oh, no way. Yeah. And um, Brenton's like, she handed herself in, like, she's pregnant, like, be careful with her. So then um, they were just, like, surrounded me, and I said, I'm not going to do anything, like, I'm here to just hand myself in. So then they're like, okay, and then they were pretty, like, pretty... um. They were all right, after that and I just slept in the cell, and I'm just thinking I'm gonna lose this baby, but at least I can give him um the last bit of chance that he's got um I'll give him some help, give him a break from this lifestyle that I've been living, and um. So then um they said, did I want maccas? So I had a steak and maccas before I, <laughs> before I went in. <laughs> Good.
0: Yeah. That's the perks of being pregnant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so so you spend how how far along are you? I'm now? about
1: f- five months.
0: You're yeah. about five months. Yeah. And have you do they support you with drawing, being pregnant and Incarcerated.
1: What's what's that like? They, um, there's nothing really for ice addicts. Really? Yeah, so. You're tough it out? Yeah, so there was a lot of, um, I was just drained. I guess it was um the first time where I actually, because I did feel an overwhelming feeling of just safety, kind of, even though I was in women's jail and it's pretty full on, I still had the sister girls that went in there and, they were passing me food. And
0: <laughs> were they some, did you know some people in there from your time in there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I knew a few familiar faces and it was nice to see them but at the same time it's sad to see them because you, they're actually like they, they got big hearts and they're great women and they just made bad choices.
0: And there's maybe not a lot of support either for them once they're
1: is it called discharged yeah
0: yeah yeah, like are there places that they can work are there places that can you know house them? I feel like there's not a lot of help to reform. what's the
1: sentence when you are oh. in there um they I've waited it out, and then about two weeks, they said, oh you're sent um your finals, your sentencings coming up, so um uh, at that time, I was kind of sick of jail and I'm like, can you get me out somehow? And my lawyer's like, I'll try. Yeah. She's like, but I think it's it impossible. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I just want to go home now. I'm all right. I've, I've thought about what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
0: you're in time out in the corner. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I won't do it again. <laughs> can I sign the sorry
1: sheet? <laughs> I'll just go home. Uh, I know. Um, she was um like, yeah, no. So we went to sentencing and then all I heard was the judge say 14 months. And I'm like, inside, like, am I doing 14 months Yeah, in jail? And then I got on the phone to my lawyer and I'm bawling my eyes out and I'm like, what's going on, Jane? What's going on? And she's like, you got four months. She's like, it's good. And four? Yeah. And you thought it was 14. Yeah, they got 10 months outside. So. Oh, so um, home
0: detention. Was that good for you? Were you ha- yeah, Did you-, you feel like that was fair?
1: Um, I still had to give birth to my baby in custody. Shit, but, um, can we talk about that? Yeah.
0: Because um, you've had two babies before. Were they yeah. natural births? Yeah. The days leading up, I mean, you know, your last trimester and the days leading up to knowing this baby's coming, what's
1: going on for you? Um, I had a lot of like, um, cause when I got sentenced, I was at Silverwater Women's Prison and they said, oh, we're going to try and get you over to Jacaranda to the mums and bubs prison. Where's that same? Emu Plains. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So I got the transfer to Emu Plains and they had it, I had it in my head. I told docs, you know, I'm going to get cleaned straight away when I, like I'm staying clean. Um, I'm going to go to mums and babies rehab. We've, we set up Jacaranda. Um, they approved of jacaranda. Everything was like, I was thinking, oh, wow, I'm going to have my baby with me while I'm in custody. So you go into labour. Yeah. And do you like ring
0: a buzzer? or Like how do you get, what happens from the moment you're like, this baby's coming?
1: I got induced. Oh. So we had to go to the hospital because um, he didn't want to come out. <laughs> I had one of those. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to come out into this crazy world. <laughs> I'm not coming
0: out, <laughs> yeah. Um, And so you, do you, like, I've seen it on TV, so excuse my naivety, but do they handcuff you to the bed or are you, oh. do you just have a guard in there?
1: Um, I have to, there's a guard because it was a minimum security prison. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're in high security prison, like, maximum security prisons, you get handcuffed. I've heard of women that have been handcuffed. Could you to- imagine birthing and being handcuffed to a bed? Oh.
0: Like, you need a move, you yeah. know? That's hell. Yeah. So you have a... Do you have anyone else with you in the room, just a I midwife s- and a guard?
1: I s- told the guard... The guard wanted to stay inside, and I told him to give, f- give the F out. Is it a girl or a boy? It was um, a man that came wow. at the start... And because my, I think my labour was like, it was pretty lengthy. I think it was like five hours. So you tell this guy to piss off. Yeah. And who else is with you? I signed a green sheet. So I got my, um, the father, father, um, baby's father to come Mm -hmm. and my elder sister. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So my sister came with a cheeseburger. And oh my God. For you? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> for me
0: <laughs> and we're just saying no mate like I can't eat yeah.
1: I was like I'll put it like I'll save it for later yeah. which I did end up eating that cold stale cheeseburger <laughs> <laughs> it's like a theme of you with macas
0: through here yeah. <laughs> um so you you have this this moment where you got your family in the room does the ju- does the God give you privacy
1: yeah thankfully um, okay
0: so tell me the moment you give birth to this what do you, what do you have little boy
1: yeah. little boy, my little Isaiah and um do you get a moment with him yeah um it was really quite it felt normal except that I was I knew it wasn't normal and I knew that I had to at one point well at the time I actually thought I was going to take him with me and um how long do you have with him? I had three de- free days. In the hospital?
0: Yeah. So do you get to start feeding? Yeah. So you get to do all of that? Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. And so they say to you, day three, um, discharge back to... Amy Plains. Talk to me what
1: happens. Um, They said, because baby had to go down for withdrawals to check if he was scoring high and... We ended up putting him in the NICU unit so he was scoring at zeros so because of the time he was he was just a, he was great he was such a beautiful baby and healthy healthy yeah he was my biggest which was oh. which was surprising <laughs> I'm like I don't know how with this the happened. stress yeah, yeah and was, was he
0: what happens with a withdrawing baby and was he withdrawing
1: um he wasn't withdrawing he was sleeping well um my friend who was on, one of the sister girls who was on methadone in there, you can tell how much a baby's withdraw, I guess, because of that time that I was detoxing in prison, mm, gave helped. baby. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you know what it would have been like if he was withdrawing? Oh, he would have been screaming. Um, it would have been so painful for him. I could have, like, even I thought when I was coming down, like, or when I was getting off it if he was in pain because sometimes he wouldn't move in my stomach and <sighs> I'd be really quite you know because I came to the stage where you just like because when you start feeling them you just automatically love them and I was just so worried that there's days where he wouldn't move and I'm um, go to the midwife or I'd buzz up to go to the clinic and I'm like, he hasn't moved all day, like, can you just check, like, can you just put the heartbeat monitor on him so you can check if he's moving? And they'd be like, he's fine, his just heart rate's a bit high and I was like, okay. And um, his heart rate would go, sometimes it would be too low and they was because it was always changing, that's why they had to end up inducing me because they said it couldn't go longer, like I right. was already like due date but um over the due date so um i had him in there and he was a great baby um he was latching good and we were bonding and it was beautiful and then the guards come with the big car and they're like we got to um you know got to say bye to baby and i'm like in my head i'm like oh he's going to come home like I'll come home um come back to the with you yeah meet you yeah and um so do you just say cool see you soon baby and you get in the with um, the car with them I had to go back up to my room and the Nick unit's downstairs my room's upstairs but I was always downstairs with him anyways but I just had to grab my what belongings I had and um I'm walking past the Nick unit and um just thinking, oh, my baby's in bed, like, but I can't take him home. And it just felt so weird, like, it just felt I should be staying with him, I should be watching him, I should be there 24-7, like, I shouldn't be going for a break or... um, And then I just got back, they're not talking to me about it, they're not asking me about it, the, the mail guard who's in there, oh, you know, I couldn't figure it, like, oh, I couldn't imagine how hard it would be to have a baby, like, oh, you know, it would be painful. I couldn't imagine, like, saying stupid stuff that was, like, I don't really want to hear you talking right now. Like, sort of just, you know, chauvinistic crap. And I got back to the compound and it was just, like, they ended up strip searching me, getting me to, um, like, like I'm, Bleeding. I'm um, got stitches in, and mm-hmm. they still strip search me, and it's like what is like it was painful because yeah. you got to kind of lift your leg and oh god, yeah. So and so invasive. You've just given birth.
0: Yeah. Like anyone that has done that knows that down there is very sensitive, yeah. and it's not a place that anyone should go, but the mother.
1: Yeah. And I I just got out, and I just felt violated, and I felt empty, and I just seen the the sister girls. Walk up to me and they're looking at me like, like they're looking at me like they know I'm not alright. And I just um like just this feeling like I just drop and I'm like like I'm like it's just um they just surround me and they're just cuddling me in this big circle and I'm like screaming because I want my baby and <laughs> And they're like, it's gonna be alright. See one of the other sister girls. is like I've been through it too. Like, you're gonna be okay. Like, they're always gonna love you and stuff. And they're just like, come on, we'll take you back. So they just cuddled me the whole time that day. And then, 'cause I come back early in the morning, and then the um, I hear over the um on the speakers, uh, Quayle come down to come down to the clinic. Um. Quail to the clinic, quail to the clinic. So I'm like, oh, they bought baby back. And then the manager from Jacaranda sits me down. She's like, you're going to have to sit down for this. And I said, no, I'm just going to stand. I said, just tell me. And she's like, we're not accepting you into Jacaranda. You can't have your baby with you. And, um, <laughs> some, That broke my heart because, um, you know, like, they're like, oh, just because of your record, it's so violent. They're like, we just question the safety of your child. And I'm like, what? Like, (laughs) it just felt so shit. Like, um, so then I started beating myself up and I'm like, I'm just a horrible person and... (laughs) How could I do this to my little boy? <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was pretty much, like, I just felt really empty after that. And then they thought it would be a great idea to get me a job doing concreting while I'm healing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm just so sorry. That's just um just a
0: heartbreaking, cr- very cruel thing to do to a mum. Yeah. No,
1: I felt really like I guess all the if they didn't get my hopes up if they yeah. just told me, yeah if you knew. yeah.
0: That's just like you don't even have any preparation, you know to to mentally. Get ready for something like that.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and I just felt like um quite 'cause you see over Jacaranda there was only a few other like there's one mum there with her kids, but the rest were not mothers and you're just like, a can't I be there. Yeah. Do you know where your baby is? I know he's still at the hospital. Um she let me know that is coming later to get me to sign papers to, like, let him, let him, um, these temporary care arrangements. Do you get to choose who that is? Um, I said to them that I really want him to go to my mother and they said, because my brother was living there at the time and he was on parole, they're like, he's got to go. And he's, he was fine with that and, um... He went out, My, I knew that my baby was with another family and they were in Cronulla, but I didn't know them. Does that feel incredibly frustrating and strange? Yeah, like I just wanted to talk to them to ask, oh, you know, how like you, like... Who are you, who a- are you yeah. as a
0: person? Yeah. Like, do you have experience with newborns? Like, yeah. And did you
1: get to talk to them? No, never. They kept their names private. They said, oh, you can't know who these people are because it's a conflict of interest. And I'm like... To whom? Yeah. Like they're the ones with my baby like. um,
0: and Is the baby still breastfeeding or like I have so many questions just as a mother and mm. your rights to your child's health and wellbeing. Uh, how are your boobs? Are you still like what's the situation?
1: But they got me an electric breast pump so I'm just com- constantly just um, Expressing milk, and they said that they're going to send it over to them with a caseworker that I've never met, never heard of. But they said there was this caseworker that could take my breast milk over to my son. And every time I'd go to the fridge, my breast milk would still be in the fridge. And the last lot that was supposed to be taken?
0: Yeah. And are you just feeling like, where are my rights? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just like. I just wanted to, I felt like weird because I'd have, I'd be pumping milk but I wouldn't have my baby with me and my sister girl um would sit in the cell with, like sit in the, not the cell, we were in houses there and um we'd go into the room and she'd sit there with me while I, because I'd be really emotional and the girls would hear me crying while I'm pumping and they'd be like, she'd come in and she'd, you know, give me a drink of water. She's like, just make sure I had my fluids up and stuff. And she's like, you know, I'm going to go down here and I'm going to go off of them. And I'm like, it's all right, it's all right. Like I said, but you can come down with me. And they could see how wild she was and how emotional I was. And then they said, oh, you got to visit with him. Um, That was like a week and a half after I gave birth to him. And... I was like, Oh, when? And they said on Wednesday. And I said, Oh, that's great. Um, I just came out and I told my sister girl the good news and she was like, Oh, that's great. Like, you know, it's good you get to see him, then you can feed him and stuff and make sure he's all right, sis. And I was like, Yeah. And then they called me for the visit that day and they didn't have it in the visit room. They had it in the office where all the secu- like all the screws are and there's mails in there and I didn't have any much space. I was just put on this like um, a office chair. Right. So they put me on that chair next to the table where the the big person sits or the high up screw sits, and um, he's a male, and I just thought I'm just gonna feed my baby, and I just pull out my breasts and I go to feed him because I'm like I just. Because I'm full, I'm like, for, you know, I'd fill up sometimes because at that time I just didn't want to pump. Yeah. I was just over it. Yeah. And I was full so I'm like, oh, you know, he's awake, he, he wants to feed. And then we can bond. And then they're just like, he's looked at me and he's like, don't go doing bad in here. He's like, that's disgusting. You don't go show nudity, put it away. And I've just was in shock, like. He's like, there's a bottle in there. And I went off and he's like, you want to stop being aggressive or we'll cut this visit short? And I just mumbled under my breath, like, go fuck yourselves. And then I just spent, made sure that I just was cuddle, like, I was just cuddling him really tight. I didn't want to let him go. Um, like, I felt like I was getting treated like an animal, like, or not even, not an animal, but like just a horrible person like oh like as if I was a disgusting person and like I know what I did was wrong and I admitted that and I was going to put things in place to better myself and better do better for my children and I know where I went wrong and I wasn't in denial about it but for them to just treat me like to come like I'm already in here serving my time you don't need to convict me while I'm inside as well and like they're cute still man. keeping, they're
0: still treating you like you've committed murder, yeah. but you've handed yourself in, you've just given birth. You're so um, vulnerable as um, when you've just given birth Yeah. and you've seen your baby after a week and a half of not having him and they're still giving you no human rights. No, just not relaxing anything no. to support you. No and and then they give you a job as a concreter? Yeah. So I'm really confused because what I've learned through giving birth is it's pretty um it can be debilitating physically yeah. for someone and giving doing concreting is probably the worst possible job. Yeah.
1: What what is happening here? Um they've just they've given me this job and they're like you pretty much can't you got to take up the job or we're going to take you off buy-ups and um stop your visits so I pretty much took this job and I thought had it in my head oh maybe they'll get me doing an easy thing but um like an easy part of it and so and I thought oh this is a great way to kind of get me to keep my mind off my distracted
0: yeah and is there like other jobs in the jail that are less
1: manual labor um you got to kind of be that was a pretty manual job jail there's some milk pro but that was for more of for more senior yeah like people that have earned the right or something yeah so what does your job consist of like what is a day at your job um stacking big blocks of concrete on top of each other shaking these big like foot pave um pavers yeah pavers out of so footpaths and you got to shake them and it's just strained to the top <sighs> half of your stomach and i could feel it like where i haven't Moving healed. Things. yeah and cuz i'm Are you still bleeding? Yeah Yeah. Shit. So I would clot from after a day's work. I would just, and the chemicals, they'd spray it with this oil and just the chemicals I was breathing in so our clothes would get, like our noses were black from, you know, breathing in this concrete. Yeah.
0: And they knew you'd given birth and they knew you were healing. Yeah. And what was the impact of that work on your physical health?
1: Oh, it was shocking. Like, I was losing so much blood. Like, at the before they gave me the job, it was kind of just light. Um, well, light, and then I was clotting again. And because I hemorrhage when I give birth, um, it just reopened that I guess I started hemorrhaging pretty bad <sighs> again. And like, nothing would I'd go to sleep and I'd wake up. In puddles of blood and I knew I was losing heaps of blood because I'd wake up and I'd be dizzy and I'd be shaking at like my arms like just everything was shaking and the Vietnamese chick that was working with us um she's like you know you should be treated like a queen like in our culture yeah rest up and people bring you food she's like sister this is wrong this is wrong sister what they're doing to you and I said like um I was like I know, I, like, I, I know that I'm, I was telling her like I'm feeling dizzy and I was like and I know that my body can't take it and I said I just don't want to miss out on visits because it's all I have and I said and I don't want to miss out on phone calls because how am I going to, you know, my baby's coming home to my mum soon. How am I going to know, keep tabs or know that I'll be isolated? But then one day I just dropped at work and I fainted and then they sent me back. And I went to the clinic and they're like, you're just going to have to, like, we're going to write up a letter. where like, they might take you off buy-ups and visits and all that stuff, but we're going to write this letter up to support you um, so you don't get taken off those things because yeah. they're like, should not shouldn't have your put fault. You... Yeah. They said they shouldn't have put you to work. Um, even the nurse at the time, because she came from Silverwater and she was dealing with me at the um, early stages of my pregnancy and she's like... I don't even know that why could they got you, you. Yeah. At this
0: point when you've given birth and you started working, how many how much time do you have left? Um 5 weeks. Oh, yeah. so close. Yeah. Is there any part of it that of how difficult and heart-wrenching and traumatic this is for you that you want to touch drugs to get to feel a bit better?
1: Um I didn't ha- I guess cuz um I knew the damage drugs did. There was t- there's times where I do think about it, but um, I also remind myself that this is where drugs has gotten me. Um, I don't want to be. Drugs isn't going to make it easier. It's not going it to never helped. So I had that in my back of my mind. Like you didn't want to do it. Nah.
0: So this concreting job finishes. Your time is coming to an end. How often are you getting to see the bub in jail?
1: Oh, every mum has him by the end and I call up my mum and I'm like, make sure you get him fat. <laughs> and she's like, okay, because when I last seen him, he was quite small and then they bought him the car, car seat and they faced it the other way and then I turned him around and he's just this big chubber. Yeah. <laughs> like a bullfrog, I don't know, like just, I don't know how to, I don't know if a bullfrog's a fig, but that's the <laughs> thing that comes in my head. <laughs> a roly poly bullfrog. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what is that like for you the day, does
1: he come and meet you at the jail the day you get released? Um, no, he's at home with mum and my partner at the time, his father, picks me up and I'm waving at his dad like, oh. I'm getting out, and he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "We we'll go see baby," and he's like, "Yeah," because um, I get released because I couldn't stay at mum's because of, because of the, because he was in temporary care, so I had to go into motels. Mm-hmm. So I signed all that stuff, and I just said, oh "I'll go there. I'll just pretend I'm staying there." But mum was would have me at her house. You'd sneak out at night to be with your baby. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody was really keeping watch. I just had to say that I was staying at this place. And, um, yeah, by by that time I I just came home and he's just looking at me and he's just like it's like he was just because he's gurgling away and Mm. say just babbling and saying like looking me in the eyes and he's just like as if he's saying where were you? Like, it's like he was kind of angry at me. Like, where have you been? Like, rousing on me. And I'm just looking at him like, oh, I don't blame you. And I'm just there saying, I'm so sorry, mummy. I'm so sorry. And mum's like, you can try and breastfeed again. Like, mum's there feeding me peanuts. And she's like, you can try and get it up again. And it just wouldn't happen. And I said, it's fine, mum. And um, we were trying and I was like, it's just, it's all right. I said, we're going to bond again, even if I don't breastfeed, I said. But it, it was, it sucked because mm. I was so used to breastfeeding my children. And um, how old is he? He is now. At that time. A month and a half. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah.
0: still, he's still so new Yeah. And he stayed with that um, temporary housing, those people, Um, and then he's staying with your mum and you're in the motels. Yeah. When do you get
1: to be with him? Um, My mum pretty much let me there every day. (laughs) So um, I ended up, because they were putting me from a... Because I was in emergency accommodation, they'd have a motel for me, then a hostel, then another motel, and it was always getting swapped around. So I ended up staying with my mother-in-law and out at Penrith until I got into the mums and bubs rehab. Mm-hmm. So I was calling them every single day, like every Friday in jail. And then when I got out of jail, I was calling them every single day, do he's got a place yet, do he's got a place yet? Because I knew that could get this ball rolling to get my baby back. Mm. So um, I was staying, I think I was out... I'm out for about three weeks and then I finally got a spot and they had a bed for me and then the process started of getting baby
0: back. So what do you need in a mum and bub rehab? Because he's not withdrawing, you're clean. Yeah. Is it trying to teach
1: you how to stay clean? Is that the point? Yeah, yeah. I um, had therapies and it it was good. Um, to get baby back, but it was also, like, very, very strict and it was when I first went in there, they're like, oh, you know, you can't go talking to your parents. Like, maybe you need to limit the time you speak to your mother and they didn't get that cultural, I guess. Understanding. Yeah, and I guess it's for everybody. Like, we just want to, if we got a positive person, like my mum's not on drugs, she was... She was my safe place. She has my children. I should be able to speak to my mother whenever I want without them questioning. Like I'm doing what you say. Like don't come into my like don't get too personal into my personal. If you life. don't know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, they had a Tresillion worker oh, yeah. there. She yeah. was great. Um, she was like, um, she did. Um, we did the. Mm. It's a of Security course. Oh, yeah, I've heard
0: of that. That's a really cool thing to learn. I don't know much about it, but it teaches your kids how to feel safe,
1: right? Yep, yep. And how old is he now? He's about two months and a half, and I'm getting to have him pretty much. Because I've settled in. I couldn't speak to my family for two weeks, and then they've started the ball rolling, and then I've they started giving him to me for a couple of hours and then non-supervised for a day and then the worker would come and pick him up and then pretty much not long after that it felt so quick that they got him back with me yeah but then straight after that they're like you got to get him into daycare and I'm like he's like he's only tiny like he's not I don't want to stand like what's he going to do like lay in a cot all day like I was just kind of like, no, I got my baby back and now we're never getting separated yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked my dog's work, I said, I'm, I was at the point where I was frustrated and I just wanted to be with, like, I got what I wanted. <laughs> I got my son and I just wanted to go home. You want and, to be free now. Yeah. And they said, the work is like, oh, it's Friday, Chloe. Will you get the Friday night itch? I said, I'd use every single day. So then they said, okay, you're allowed to leave if you want to and um i spent one more night there and then yeah we left and came home and i was with my two other kids how was that it felt beautiful like felt i felt full again like i felt complete um one of the best days of my life yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's
0: such a big road yeah and then to have everything you've ever wanted in your arms yeah must be the most beautiful feeling in the world
1: yeah no it was
0: was that the moment you were like never ever ever again am i doing drugs yeah. never am i going back to jail this is my this is it for me
1: yeah i'm just having my daughter on my lap my son on my lap and we're both looking at baby and i'm i just remember that day where i'm just looking at them both And we're just sitting there laughing and I just feel this, like, just warm, like, this voice in my head, like, you did it. Like, you're out, you're out of the woods. You can can live again or you can start living. And it was beautiful.
0: Yeah. And you have and you're living a beautiful life with your babies. Yeah. And I want to talk about your music because I think, it's such a big part of you just as much as this story is a part of you. Yep. Talk to me about
1: that. Talk to me about your music. Um, I guess my music is a way where I can express myself creatively but also come out with my feelings and emotions that I kind of can't deal with in the... Like anger's a funny emotion for me so and I get really emotional so I'd rather channel oh. that and mm-hmm. put it into... My music. My music, yeah. Because
0: what's really interesting about you is hearing you, you sound like your talking voice is so, it's almost sweet, you know, like it's it's polite, it's soft, it's feminine. And then your music, it's like you unleash this like warrior, like this beast, like a, a, a seriously, I mean, it's awe-inspiring. I'm a people might not know this, but I'm a massive rap fan and you're you're the real deal. Like it's you is, <laughs> it is your passion and your um I think your storytelling is so invoking of emotions and it like, mark my words, this is just the beginning because it's blowing up everywhere. And I'm so lucky because I get you now. <laughs> Soon you'll be <laughs> touring around the world and I won't be able to get an interview. I really hope that everyone clicks on to your latest tracks. There's how many out now on Spotify? Uh, me and... Uh, A of four. Four tracks? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> can you name them for us? There's Our Lives Matter.
1: Which is the latest one? Yeah. Uh, the latest one is 22 Clan, so oh, that's okay. a song with me and Macridge, and then there's I Can't Breathe by me, and I did a verse on Dobby's track, which I'm so glad that he invited me to do that. Um, me and Mackridge did one 22 Clan, and one of my favourite ones that I've filmed was for my titters. and um, That's so an sort of, anthem, yeah. right? That's an
0: anthem for just for your women yeah and and there's something I love that you said about that it's so beautiful is putting pressure on men to honor women yeah and that I feel like whether you're an indigenous woman or you're not we know what like domestic violence and Mm. you have been a survivor of that as well yeah we need men no matter your ethnicity to stand up. But can you tell me the reason behind that? Because it's so beautiful, the power of the woman in yeah. your culture.
1: Um well from my tribe, so I'm Malum Gumpa Barkanji and we are a very matriarchal culture. So we believe in Mother Earth and I'm sure a lot of tribes do. I know there's different beliefs in different clans because we have so many. Mm. Um but from my tribe we're very matriarchal a woman is a front runner and even um it shows in our society today like frontline protesters women who come about make like people who come about making change are usually women who are mothers and who are aunties and sisters and um they are the ones who there's something amazing about women that keep people together and and make sure pe like people are safe, and I guess that's what um I just wanted to honor my women because if it wasn't for my matriarchal mother, I wouldn't be the woman I am today, and um you know these are the voices you don't always hear or the you, they don't get enough praise, so I just wanted to make a song that where my sister girls can be like I 'm deadly and walk yeah. out and be like. Yeah, respect me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it was played at all the protests. That must have felt just.
1: Oh, it was a dream. That must have felt surreal for you. Yeah. Because that's kind of, I guess I was like, I really want to make music because I've been like, when I go to protests, I'll hear, you know, music and I'll be like,
0: I Want to to pump them up, yeah. Um, And I think that's another thing. You are available for bookings, for gigs, for everything. We want you to book Barker, which is the. What do you call? Is it your stage name? Is it your like? um, What? Why do you use Barker
1: versus Chloe? Um, Barker means river in my country, so it means river, like flow. And I thought. That's my connection to my land is through my... Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so I use Barker,
0: um, which and is... it's almost like an alter ego because when you're Barker, you're this fierce woman, yeah. like savage.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I know some people are like, because I got a call the other day, it's like, you sound really different. He's like, I didn't expect you to sound like this. I expected <laughs> you to sound, I'm like, angry. He's like, Yeah. <laughs> It, you're like
0: you you're terrifying in these videos and but in a in a beautiful, powerful way, like you are owning your feminine and you're owning your story and your history. Um, mm. you need to listen to Barker's music and support, please. I think it's important for people to know what's behind the music too. Like you're a proud indigenous woman. Mm-hmm. I love um everything that you're sharing on social media about um learning your native tongue and really being in all of that kind of ritual and customs of the culture like it's so you yeah talk to me about talk to me about how important
1: that is oh it's massive like um even learning my native tongue is massive because my mother she's part of a stolen generations and she'd tell me when she used to speak lingo in the homes that they'd cane her for it and would say, we don't speak that, you know, ooga booga here, we don't speak that. And I remember mum telling me stories about our great, like her um, grandmothers, my great nannas, and they'd sit in the room and she'd hear them speaking lingo but they were too scared to teach it and pass it down to um, her and to, um, like, they did pass it down but once the kids got taken... They just stop speaking it. It's so broken by yeah. then.
0: The whole family unit is so destroyed. Yeah. We have known each other before this huge wave of Black Lives Matter has come to the forefront and so overdue. Yeah. But for you, have you felt racially vilified before?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Um, I get followed around shops. I get pulled up by police with my children. I was jumping on the train to go and meet my, um, my son's father. He was going to take baby for me for the weekend and he just finished work. So I'm on the train with my little son and we get off at Penrith train station and there's a group of police there. So before I get to the gates, they come over and they said, do you have your ticket? And I gave them my opal card and um because i was in such a rush i forgot to tap on i just kind of went through the gates yeah, sure. and you know then they were like oh okay well we've got to search up your name and i said there's money on my opal card like just take yeah. the take the fare <laughs> yeah. yeah and they made a big deal out of it and they then um searched up my name and they said oh we got to search you and i said you know, my son's asleep. I finally got him to sleep because he was crying and on the train and it was packed. And You do not wake a sleeping baby ever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's rules. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone, that's universal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and they've then, you know, said we've got to, you know, do a pat down, do a, you know, a search on you. And they've done that and I'm just, like, embarrassed. I'm just humiliated because... I was, like, I haven't got in trouble for, like, I think it was um, my son was, like, one and a half, I think, or I think he was a bit older. I think it was I wasn't in trouble for a while by yeah. then. And I think it was, like, two years. I haven't been in trouble with police by then. And um, they've patted me down in front of everybody and, you know, put their hands or, like, under my bra. And then they've asked me to pick my son up out of a Pram. Mm. And I'm like, he's asleep. They're like, no, we've got to search your Pram. And I'm just like, oh, and then um Mookie, my um, my son's father, he um, he's just like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this to her. Like, what's wrong with you? It's Cause he come over and he sees me crying, and then I'm just holding baby. Baby wakes up, he's crying. crying yeah. Yeah. And Then they've just like been like I was just like I'm gonna talk to like I'm gonna ring up Aboriginal Legal Service and put in a complaint about you. This is disgusting. Like there's no need for you to you know. And then I found out later that it was an illegal search. Like they shouldn't (gasps) have done it. Oh wow! Because they have to do it on the grounds of you know me actually doing something wrong. Do you get compensated for that? No. Um. They just the complaint's gone in and it's just and it's too bad. Yeah, it's just gone through the air, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, which they've just, you know, because I was saying to them, I'm going to call up ALS. And they're like, you know, he had a stupid smirk on his face. And I'm just like, and then straight after they did it to me, another Aboriginal family, the ladies got a pram, they went over straight over to her. And so circled every her. other nationality could go through. Yeah.
0: And it was targeted. Yeah. And you, and you have felt that throughout your life, that you have been targeted because of your race. Yeah. And some of your music now has these lyrics yeah. that is expressing, I mean, not just yours but generations of pain. And I think that it's... I'm going to put in the show notes where everyone can find the music, but I feel like because of your story... And because of women like you that are in the system that are trapped for everyone, this is an important time to step on board and be a part of the music because the music is the thing that's going to leverage you and your voice to be able to share this with everybody else. Right. And we have to be, we have to champion you. This has to be the time that you have done, you've done the hard yards Mm Like you've done the detox, you've saved your baby, you've saved your family, and now we need to support you. So I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a huge role model in your community and the greater community and also informing us of your story. And I'm just sorry that I know there were times that obvious assault equals punishment, but I'm sorry if any of that has ever been anything other thank you but I really appreciate you making the time to speak with us today final question (laughs) who are you when no one's
1: watching um I guess I'm Barker in the eye of people so I'm this staunch like you know like righteous woman um I'm just this quiet little oh I and torment the shit out of my mum which I enjoy doing so much <laughs> um and I love tormenting my kids too so I just I think I'd just be this torment that just laughs and just um yeah like I'm just always forever joking around with my kids and we're making silly videos and just belly laughing till it till
0: it hurts thank you so much for mm. being so open and vulnerable with us today thank you so much are you subscribed to the Deeper Membership? You'll get every episode a week early and ad free. There's also a bonus episode every fortnight, even during holidays. I never stop for The Deeper. I've created so much premium content for you there. It's only $4.99 a month, which is like $1.25 a week. Subscribe to The Deeper on Apple Podcasts or ACAST Plus for Android. Links are in the show notes.